Hello, welcome to the Guilt Grace Gratitude Podcast. This is one of your co-hosts, Peter Bell. We are on our Catechism Saturday series, beginning our brand new series on the Canons of Door, the decision of the Synod of Door on the five main points of doctrine and the disputes in the Netherlands. If you are a five-point Calvinist and wonder, I wonder where these five points came from, you're in luck, because we're going to talk about those throughout the next couple of weeks. It'll probably take us 20 or 30 weeks to get through all of these articles. There's a bunch, you know, learn the basis of our Calvinistic Reformed faith. So stay tuned for that. Before we start this week's episode, make sure you've tuned into this past Monday's Best of Season 3, where we talked to Dr. J. Ligon Duncan, who is CEO and Chancellor of all Reformed Theological Seminary campuses and a professor at Reformed Theological Seminary in Jackson, on his topic, Covenants and the other church, and then this past Thursday's book club, we had Dr. Mitchell Chase of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and also a full-time pastor in the Louisville area on his Crossway-published book, Resurrection Hope and the Death of Death, in the short series of Biblical Theology series. So, let's get started. We're going to start with the first main point of doctrine, divine election and reprobation. The judgment concerning divine predestination, which the Synod declares to be in agreement with the Word of God and accepted till now in the Reformed churches, set forth in several articles. And there are 17 articles, or actually 18 articles in this, and we'll go through the first six. I'm just going to name them off. Article number one, God's right to condemn all people. Since all people have sinned in Adam and have come under the sentence of the curse and eternal death, God would have done no one an injustice if it had been his will to leave the entire human race in sin and under the curse, and to condemn them on account of their sin. As the apostle says, the whole world is liable to the condemnation of God. From Romans 3.19, all have sinned and are deprived of the glory of God. Romans 3.23, and the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23. Article number two, the manifestation of God's love. But this is how God showed his love. He sent his only begotten son into the world so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's from 1 John 4, 9 and John 3, 16. Article number three, the preaching of the gospel. In order that people may be brought to faith, God mercifully sends proclaimers of this very joyful message to the people he wishes and at the time he wishes. By this ministry, people are called to repentance and faith in Christ crucified for how should they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how should they hear of him without someone preaching? And how should they preach unless they've been sent? Romans 10, 14 to 15. Article 4. A twofold response to the gospel. God's anger remains on those who do not believe in the gospel. But those who do receive it and embrace Jesus the Savior with a true and living faith are delivered through him from God's anger and from destruction and receive the gift of eternal life. Article 5. The Sources of Unbelief and of Faith The cause or blame for this unbelief, as well as for all of the sins, is not at all in God, but in man. Faith in Jesus Christ, however, And salvation through him is a free gift of God. As scripture says, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Ephesians 2.8 Likewise, it has been freely given to you to believe in Christ. 
Philippians 1.29. And lastly, article number six, God's eternal decision. The fact that some receive from God the gift of faith within time and that others do not stems from his eternal decision. For all his works are known to God from eternity. Acts 15.18, Ephesians 1.11. In accordance with this decision, he graciously softens the heart, however hard, of his chosen ones and inclines them to believe. But by his just judgment, he leaves in their wickedness and hardness of the heart those who have not been chosen. And in this especially is disclosed to his act, unfathomable and as merciful as it is just, of distinguishing between people equally lost. This is the well-known decision of election and reprobation revealed in God's word. This decision, the wicked, impure, and unstable distorts their own ruin, but it provides holy and godly souls with comfort beyond words. So you've seen in these six articles, as the titles of the article says, that, that all people are under condemnation because we have fallen short of the glory of God. We have we have been disobedient to his law, both in, in a single deed in our heart and all we do. God loves us, and God loves us through preaching the gospel of his son through his appointed preachers. There's two responses and only two responses to the gospel, either unbelief or belief. And then where do these unbelief and belief come from? But from God. Unbelief is natural to man, natural to woman. That is just what we do. It's what we're born into. Belief is given to us. And this 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 is a bridge into the last article we, we covered today on God's eternal decision. And God's eternal decision, it was good on as it comes in, is merciful. It is, it is a it's you can almost say it's it's not justice in the sense that we think justice is. We think justice is uh maybe I deserve this or I get this, but justice is I should be condemned, and God doesn't condemn you. God looks at you, and if you believe in Jesus Christ, as he's given you the belief too, he sees the obedience of his son. He sees the perfect obedience of his son. He doesn't just see neutrality. He doesn't see the bad life you've lived. doesn't see all the baggage you carry with you, the grief you carry with you. All he sees when he looks at you is he looks at you. He doesn't look just at Christ. He looks at you who are listening to this. He sees you. And he sees Christ. So often we think, well, what about me? Does, does God actually love me? Or does he love me on the sake of Christ? And you can confidently say, yes, he loves you. And he loves Christ. And he loves you because of Christ. All these things. This is because Christ has died for you and given you his perfect obedience. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast, our Catechism Saturday series. We covered Articles 1 through 6 of the first main point of doctrine, divine election and reprobation on the canons of Dort, our next series after we covered the Heidelberg Catechism first, Belgian Confession second, and now, or now the canons of Dort, lastly, in the three forms of unity. Before we leave, though, make sure you listen to this coming Monday, where we begin Season 5 Apologetics with a fantastic conversation on the topic of Reformed apologetics. What is Reformed apologetics? What is a classically Reformed approach to apologetics? Who are some of these people we should be reading? What does it mean to share our faith? 
in a classically reformed way. We talked to Dr. J.V. Fesco, a reformed theological seminary, basically around his Baker academic book by the title of Reformed Apologetics. And this coming Thursday's episode with Dr. or Father Dr. Thomas Joseph White, which is our very first Catholic on the show. And don't freak out. We're not turning Catholic. We just we think he's got a great book on the Trinity, literally just called the Trinity from the Catholic University of America. And these actually, these two episodes actually go really well together. Dr. J.V. Fesco actually relies a lot on Thomas Aquinas, a lot of his apologetic method, his five ways, his theology proper, his Trinitarian doctrine, all of this, uh, his natural theology, his understanding of natural theology, the reformed understanding of covenant works, and a really helpful conversation on Thursday on the Trinity. What is the Trinity? What's a classically reformed, although Thomas White is not reformed, uh, but a lot of his stuff shares a lot of distinctions or distinctives with the reformed approach to the Trinity. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please give this a listen. Uh, don't just write it off because it's a Catholic uh, author, a, a Catholic priest, actually really high up in the Catholic Church. Um, we Nick and I had a great time on this episode, and I hope you guys benefit the benefits from this episode as well. So we'll see you guys next week for articles numbers 7 through 12 of the Cans of Dorts next week. Bye.